Welcome to the Fertility Journeys podcast. Here's Dr. Shala Salem. My next guest left her highly successful corporate job when she found her life's purpose in a yoga studio. She has transformed many lives around the world. Welcome, Lisa Pineda. Going to my mat every day brought me back to a sense of myself and knowing that when I was able to calm myself down on my mat, I was able to realize that I can't always control what goes on on the outside, but I can certainly control what goes on on the inside. These messages, these affirmations that I sent to myself when I was on the mat helped center my mind and my body. Practicing the breath work really helped calm me during some of the toughest times. That helped reinforce that no matter what was going to happen, and I didn't know, even though I was healthy and the tests showed that there was no reason for me not to carry a baby to full term, I knew that it was within me that I needed to make a change in my mindset. I know the fertility journey is not easy. Many suffer in silence, walking that line between hope and devastation. More often than we know, the path to building a family is met with challenges. I'm Dr. Shala Salem, and for over a decade, I have been helping people just like you on their fertility journey. As a physician and a PCOS warrior who's gone through my own fertility struggles, I am passionate about helping to support your mental and physical well-being, foster your resilience, and help you maintain your sense of self on this difficult journey. I created this podcast to support you. Each week, you can learn from our expert guests about proven holistic and integrative methods to nurture your mind, body, and spirit, and hear women share their own stories to remind you that you are not alone. Welcome to Fertility Journeys. Fertility Journey Life Hacks. Here's the tip of the week. Lisa Pineda, a full-time yoga and meditation instructor. We are very lucky to have her with us today to be able to do a guided meditation. If you are driving, stop and do this at another time. Try to find yourself in a comfortable place so that you can listen. And if you want to learn more about Lisa, I'll have it in the show notes where you can find more meditations. But thank you so much, Lisa, for being here and allowing us to have this time with you. My pleasure. Such an honor to be here, Shala. I think guided meditation can be really helpful for somebody who is new to the practice because sometimes we find ourselves if we're just sitting there um, like am I supposed to be doing something and how am I supposed to be breathing I think if you have a guide like yourself it can be really helpful for someone who's beginning or even someone who's seasoned sure I'd love to talk you through a guided meditation all right perfect great so Let's begin. Go ahead and meet me in a comfortable seated position. So whether you're in a chair or on your yoga mat, start to, if you're on your chair, start to feel grounded. I like to say with your feet flat. If you're cross-legged, let your feet hit the ground and you can let your Hands face down on top of your knees to ground your energy. Maybe you start with your palms face up. And just take a moment here to settle into your body. Start to 
remove yourself from your external and bring yourself into your internal environment by just focusing on your natural breath. Maybe you start with a soft gaze towards the tip of your nose. And eventually you'll let the eyelids grow heavy and shut the light out completely. Start to notice the natural breath and where it resides in the body. Feeling the belly rise with each deep inhalation and feeling the belly lower with each deep exhalation. Noticing any parts of our body that are resistant to rest or relaxation. Nourishing ourselves with our natural breath. Start to observe the body in space with the crown of the head reaching for the sky as you draw your shoulders away from your earlobes. Nourishing ourselves with our beautiful breath. Even noticing the coolness of the breath as it enters in through the right nostril. Noticing the warmth and depth of the breath as it exits out through the left nostril. So now gently bring your attention down to your feet. Using our breath to soften our toes. Feeling the breath travel through the legs. Up through the hips. Feeling the breath travel up through the tailbone. And vertebrae by vertebrae. Feeling the breath gently traveling up through the back of the heart. Feeling the breath travel up and through your thoracic spine, the ribcage, holding all the soft organs, your heart and your lungs. Feeling the breath make its way through the center bone on your chest. Feeling the breath come through the collarbones. Circulating into the back of the neck. Making its way through the small bones in the back of the neck. And gently up and through the crown of the head. Just feeling the downshift in the mind, in the body. As you gently now turn your attention to the emotional part of your well-being, 
See if you can identify one thought or feeling you brought with you. And whether you're feeling grateful, anxious, tired, sad, frustrated, whatever those thoughts and feelings are, just observe. Try not to change, fix, or alter it. Just breathe through it. Now see what it feels like to take a really big breath in through your nostrils on a count of three, two, one, pause. Soften your jaw, open up your mouth, and really lengthen and extend the breath out. Try not to let it go on one shot, but let it go on the count of three, two, one. Couple of rounds like this together. Again, inhaling deeply through the nose. Three, two, one, pause. Perhaps you're able to sip in just a teeny bit more air. Pause again. I'm just noticing what it's like to feel a teeny bit uncomfortable. Knowing that this too will change. And then as you exhale, soften your jaw. Open up your mouth. Let all the air out, but not dump it out on account of three, two, one. Let all the air out. This time, as you inhale deeply through the nose, maybe say to yourself a little mantra, little short positive phrase, I am enough. Inhale deeply. Three, two, one. I am enough. Hold. Sip in a teeny bit more air. Hold again. Soften the jaw. Open up the mouth. Let it go. Let go of any stress, anything that's holding you back from being present in the moment. Let it go on the count of three, two, one. Try it again. Inhale deeply through the nostrils. I am enough. Three, two, one. Pause. Sip in a teeny bit more air. Pause again. Soften your jaw, open up your mouth, really lengthen and extend the breath out, let it go. Three, two, one. Now, if your palms are face up, keep them up. If they're face down, move them to a position where the palms face up towards the sky. And just take a moment here. Notice what it's like to be with yourself, alone with yourself. Holding yourself in your sacred space. And if it feels right for you, 
Again, you can repeat the mantra softly to yourself. I am enough. In the next couple of deep breaths, maybe start to bring some physical awareness back into the body. Gently shake the head side to side or wiggle the fingers and the toes. The pepper feels right. And know that you can always use these tools to come back to yourself whenever you're feeling disconnected. Your breath is always within you. When it feels right, lightly open up the eyes with a soft gaze. Namaste. Thank you so much, Lisa. That was beautiful. Like, I was in a different place. I wasn't here. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, and your voice also is really relaxing and soothing, and it really helps to kind of guide yourself through it. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope that you join me again next week. Please let me know what you want to hear next. I love to talk about another topic or other questions that you have on the next show. Have you ever thought of trying yoga during your fertility journey and wondered if that's something that might support you along the way? Well, today I hope to answer some of the questions you may have about yoga and fertility. My next guest left her highly successful corporate job when she found her life's purpose in a yoga studio. And for the past two decades, she has transformed many lives around the world. Welcome, Lisa Pineda. Thank you so much, Shala, for having me. Such a pleasure to be on your podcast today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. So as I said in the intro, you left a corporate job to become a full-time yoga and meditation instructor. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to make that difficult decision? Or maybe it wasn't difficult for you. Sure. So yeah, that's an excellent question. It all started when, first of all, I was practicing yoga when I was working in my corporate position. I would basically love to work out. It was a nice release after a highly stressful day. My job was very demanding and I always felt like working out was the way to like reduce my stress levels and just to decompress from the day. And I discovered yoga down the road. Yoga for me was like an escape route. So basically I would leave the office, strip out of my suit and heels and get into my yoga tights and jump into this beautiful yoga small studio around the corner from corporate headquarters where I would be with a bunch of amazing yogis and we would talk, go through a yoga practice and for some reason the yoga practice just resonated with me and from that point on I started to practice more and more. I loved yoga so much that eventually I started to 
obviously take more classes, go on retreats with advanced teachers, learn a little bit more about the practice. And I started to transition from becoming a yoga practitioner to eventually becoming a yoga instructor. And at first it was a little bit difficult because obviously I was so used to this corporate environment where everything is so regimented and the yoga practice really helped to dismantle that belief within me that we had to work a certain way in order to provide for ourselves and our families. But little did I know that there were these other venues in our lives that can help us make a sustainable living. And basically when I took the plunge to become a yoga teacher at first, it wasn't at all in line with what I was making in the corporate world, but that, you know, transitioned to later becoming a full-time position for me. And after I became a certified yoga instructor, I never looked back. It's the best job I've ever had, one that I'm truly passionate about, and one that I can honestly say I was born to live and to be in service for others. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there was a moment when you were still in your corporate job and you were starting to do yoga where you realized that this was it? This was kind of your life's purpose or yoga was for you? I love that question because when I was in my corporate job and practicing yoga, I realized that yoga opened up all these possibilities around me that I had never seen before. It stripped away these layers, these preconceived ideas that I had in my head that I had to be a certain way in order to lead a successful life. I never realized that I could have a full-time yoga and meditation career and still be successful and even more successful than I was in my corporate job. I never dreamed that. And it was probably because my parents and people in the past told me that I had to be a certain way in order to achieve a certain success. And I'm really grateful that I went through a lot of struggles along the way because I wouldn't be where I'm at today had I not gone through everything I've gone through to get to where I am. So yeah, definitely looking back, uh, my yoga practice has just dismantled my belief system. You didn't know if you could be successful doing yoga, but what's the definition of successful? That's where we have to, like you had said, you kind of had this idea of what success meant, but, you know, at what cost, right? You said it was maybe a job that you didn't really enjoy or didn't really feel connected, but now you're really seeing that true happiness in your life. Exactly, Shala. Hands down. I can honestly say that I never dreamed that I could pursue my passion, be happy about it, and have a career out of it. It's just opened so many doors for me and helped me have a career where I'm passionate about not only teaching people about yoga, but being of service to other people. And I never, mm-hmm. ever in my wildest dreams thought that I could, as I mentioned, 
have a career that was successful in being of service to other people? I have a lot of guests who mentioned that being of service, a lot of women who've gone through fertility journeys that unfortunately we have this misconception that once someone has gone through fertility journey and they are successful, then perhaps there's no more stress of infertility. There's no more trauma or grief if someone's got through it. But unfortunately, that sometimes still stays with the person. And one of the things I've heard repeatedly is that using your gifts to help people is something that has helped a lot of women. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. I I can honestly say hands down that it's such a beautiful way of living and to Mm -hmm. share and to motivate others to live their dream and realize that we only have this one precious life to live and Mm -hmm. to share with them that maybe sometimes they just need to step out of their own way to get through Mm -hmm. to the other side. Maybe you're holding yourself back in that way. The yoga practice at first, it's about the physical practice. Like I had mentioned, Mm -hmm. when I first practiced yoga, I felt like this sense of renewal, this cleanse, and it was unlike any other workout that I've ever experienced because something about linking the breath to each movement really gives us that clarity of not only getting this deep stretch that's so powerfully rejuvenating within the body, but we're able to truly slow down, reset the mind by linking the breath to it. And at first for me, because I'm a type A personality, I'm a go-getter, I wanna be on the go. So at first I was really attracted to quote power yoga. Mm -hmm. And I really loved that cleanse, that sweat, but Over time, I really learned that just slowing down and there's different types of yoga. There's not only just the power yoga, there's the restorative yoga, yin yoga, ashtanga yoga. There's so many different formats out there. And like I've mentioned, at first I was really drawn to the power yoga because I just wanted to get in and out. Mm -hmm. But over time when I was really starting to notice how my body and my mind felt after a restorative class, hands down, I can't think of a a more therapeutic and release and cleanse that my body and mind felt after a restorative yoga practice. Yeah, I think, like you said, a lot of us may start with yoga because we're looking for the workout, especially those of us who may be more uh, type A. But I think the power, as you mentioned, of yoga is that mind-body connection, because that's really lacking for a lot of us, really connecting the mind and the body. It's really something we become almost detached, and we keep going and going and continue, and there's no rest and rejuvenation for the mind, right? Exactly. And so as I began to explore these different formats in my yoga practice, I discovered that restorative yoga and yin yoga was very complementary for me, especially for somebody who was full of anxiety and Mm -hmm. at the time working a, a demanding corporate job. It was really stressful for me. So it was really replenishing for my mind and my body 
to do this type of yoga. And gradually I began to explore this type of yoga when I was undergoing fertility treatments. So I transitioned to become a yoga instructor. And in the past I had actually, uh, I wasn't ready for a family at the time. I was constantly on the go when I was working in my corporate job and I was really happy with my husband and I, just the two of us traveling and, and enjoying life. And, and I love kids, but at the time I wasn't ready to start a family and he always was. And I can honestly say that I was like a quote, serial mononymist. And mm -hmm. I just really was so engrossed in my job. Mm -hmm. You know, people change down the road. And when the time was right for me to have uh, a child, it didn't come so naturally and easy for me to get pregnant. I struggled along the way. And I was almost hitting the 40-year mark. And as you know, when you hit mm -hmm. a certain age, yeah. the quality of your eggs decline, and it becomes harder and harder to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so when I was undergoing these fertility treatments, I drew upon my yoga practice to help me during some of the toughest times when mm -hmm. I was struggling. And especially when I had miscarried along the way, mm -hmm. it was the yoga practice. I can honestly say that helped call me and mm -hmm. bring me down to a place of um, ease and centeredness, especially when I had miscarried. I can honestly say that it was the yoga practice to this day that helped me conceive. And today I'm the proud mother of a young son mm -hmm. because of my yoga practice. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yoga really helped you along the way. And as you said, it really helped you with your anxiety and all of that. What kept you hopeful and kept you going on the journey specifically? Just to take a step back, what helped me keep going on my fertility journey was my yoga practice mm -hmm. and the fact that I had supportive, loving family, friends, and a husband, but just centering my mind and going to my mat every day brought me back to a sense of myself and knowing that when I was able to calm myself down on my mat, I was able to realize that I can't always control what goes on on the outside, but I can certainly control what goes on on the inside. And sort of these messages, these affirmations that I sent to myself when I was on the mat helped center my mind and my body. And then also practicing the breath work really helped calm me during some of the toughest times that helped reinforce that no matter what was going to happen. And, and Michelle, I didn't know if I was, even though I was healthy and I did all the prerequisites and the tests showed that there was no reason for me not to carry a baby to full term, and the fact that I was pregnant and miscarried before all showed positive aspects that I was able to conceive. So I knew that it was within me that I needed to make a change in my mindset. And that starts with me. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of the yoga practice. It really gives us the opportunity to come back to the breath, to 
know that we can self-soothe and to know that whatever challenges come up along the way, we have the power to, you know, breathe through it. And the yoga teaches us that we can use the breath to be comfortable with the things that may not feel comfortable with us. So again, the yoga practice, and it's not just the physical postures, that's just one piece of the pie, but it's also the breath work and the meditation that helped pull me through and get me to the other side. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful that you're sharing the thing you mentioned about not being able to control that is something that is so difficult to deal with because so much of this is not under our control. But you said that you kind of took back what you could control inside of you, and that's really where yoga helped you. And the other thing is you mentioned you're saying yoga practice. I think that's something that's really important to stress, right? That this is an ongoing work. You know, sometimes someone may try yoga or meditation and feel like this is actually really hard. I don't know if I'm cut out for this, but this is something, you know, Lisa, you practice for years and years, and it's something that to have that connection takes a little time. Exactly, Shala. You brought up such a wonderful point. This is called the yoga practice for a specific reason. And It's not called the yoga perfection, where some people think that it's about the pose. The Western influence about yoga highly shows pictures of people bending into pretzels and showing these beautiful poses and showing the body being really flexible. And it's not about that at all. It's about coming back to the breath coming back to ourselves and shedding all those layers that we placed upon our heart and even Mm -hmm. some of the layers that we placed upon us, the mindset that we were conditioned as young kids Mm -hmm. um, about things that we were supposed to do in life and coming back to the yoga practice as you become a more consistent practitioner, you begin to shed these layers. And that happens Mm -hmm. breath by breath. You gain this self-awareness about some of these habits, these routines that you're more inclined to take. And that's just because who we are. And part of the yoga practice is about letting go and detaching from things that we often think we're supposed to be. Yeah. And sometimes these things that we attach to may weigh us down and we start to learn over time that we can loosen the grip mm-hmm. and we may not let go completely, but over time we start to learn to let go of things that don't serve us so that we begin to bring things back into our lives that do serve us. Yeah, that's wonderful. That potentially could be uncomfortable at first, right? That letting go, the process of letting go is is easier said than done, right? Exactly. And it's definitely a process. I think one of the benefits of yoga for those who are trying to conceive is that, as we spoke about before, the deep connection of the mind and body. And 
when those are going through treatment, there can actually be this disconnection you have from your body. And so some people describe that when they practice yoga, it helps them to potentially reconnect with their body when they're going through treatment. What are your thoughts on that? Sure. So that's a wonderful question. As I've mentioned before, I started out as a general yoga practitioner, and then I obviously became a certified yoga instructor where I was teaching yoga to the general public. And then after going through my fertility treatments and giving birth to my son, I wanted to give back to this amazing community. And that was my mission. I wanted to help this beautiful community and the struggles they were going through. And so that's why I created this yoga for fertility sequence. It's a wonderful way for people who are going through uh, fertility treatments or just struggling to conceive to learn to reconnect with the mind and the body, especially through yoga. And even if they're not experienced, just taking the time to slow down, maybe just starting out with a few couple of deep breaths, a few couple of deep stretches. It begins to just give you the opportunity to de-stress and to be less anxious. And that gives the body and mind a sense of renewal and cleanse. And so from that standpoint, you decrease uh, the cortisol levels in your body. And that hand-in-hand works with just giving your body a cleanse um, and you want to open up the reproductive areas by doing these certain yoga stretches Mm -hmm. that will bring more blood flow to them. Obviously, you want to have that plush lining that's Mm -hmm. conducive for the embryo to attach. And, you know, certain yoga poses are conducive for that. I wanted to also ask you about practicing yoga and meditation. It's something that's not just for the mat, this actually can spill into the rest of our lives, right? So someone may not only be struggling, unfortunately, with fertility, but they may also see the impact on their relationship or their work or sleep disruption or having difficulty with cleaning up their diet. And as you practice yoga, that may impact some of the other areas. Have you seen this happen with any of your clients? Excellent question, Sean. Yes, absolutely. As you become a more consistent yoga practitioner, you become more mindful because you take the opportunity to slow down and breathe more and you become more aware and and that space that you create gives you the opportunity to pause and reflect rather than reacting. And so you start to notice things like even sensory clutter, things that are good for you and your body, such as particular foods, and not only foods that are good for your body, but even relationships, and even things that you're reading or listening to could be sensory clutter. You become more mindful of these aspects. It's because the yoga practice really allows you to basically strip away these layers breath by breath to notice 
what's really good for the body, you become more aware, less reactive, and more mindful in your practice. One of the things I wanted to ask you, because there might be someone who's listening who says, but I've tried yoga, I've tried meditation, it's hard for me, it's not for me. Where does someone start who may be thinking that this is not for them? I think that this is something that has potential benefits for really anyone. And of course, you could comment on that. But how do we get started? Yoga is a great practice. And of course, it doesn't resonate with everyone. And I get that too. I have a couple of new students in my group classes that for some reason, it just doesn't work well for them. Mm -hmm. But wherever they're at, I like to meet them exactly where they're at in their lives. So without, you know, forcing anything on them, what I like to do is just give them the opportunity to maybe even just slow down mm -hmm. and focus on the breath. They don't even have to move in warrior one, a down dog or warrior two. They don't have to sit still in a long meditation, maybe just even sitting in their chair while they're on a break and closing their eyes and counting their breaths. They could begin there. Mm -hmm. That is a great way to get them to slow down, even if they don't want to pursue a yoga practice. Mm -hmm. I always like, as I mentioned, to meet the student where they're at. And if it doesn't work for them, I always like to explain to them that also yoga is about union. Yoga means yoke, mm -hmm. to bring together. And so the beauty of the yoga practice is that, as I mentioned again and again, it's not about the pose. Mm -hmm. Yoga is about the relationships that we have with ourselves and with one another. And as we learn over time and as we become more consistent and understanding more of the yoga practice, we begin to experience and understand that we are all connected in some way. We drink the same water, we breathe the same air. And so I always like to explain to people who are not into yoga that it, it is okay. Just mm -hmm. take step by step, maybe just slowing down, closing your eyes for a minute, and counting your breaths. That's all that's needed. And they can take it from there. Yeah, I think that's a great starting point. I think one of the potential issues with yoga is that when we see yoga images, we see a lot of sort of idealized what yoga female or male, right? So it's become sort of a certain body type or more so we see it in certain ethnicities and some may not feel represented and may think I have to have a certain body style or I need to have a certain fitness level to practice yoga. So that's something that I think it's possible to discourage people from that. And so that's something we kind of have to break through. Exactly. Hands down. Yes. And that's the thing. As the Western influence on yoga has so been skewed towards the physical practice, mm -hmm. we have to emphasize that that is truly just one part of the pie, the physical practice. Mm -hmm. There's 
this whole other piece to it that uh, I should say more than one piece. There's the breath work, there's the meditation. The practice is helpful in every part of our lives. And it's not just about bending into a pretzel. So we really need to get the word out there that yoga is not about looking a certain way, but feeling more and thinking less. Sometimes, you know, you feel like you have to have this long practice, right? I know that for myself, one of the biggest barriers in my younger self for fitness or doing yoga was, oh, I have to commit to this hour class or I have to commit to 30 minutes. You don't have to start there. You can start with a short sequence. So I wanted you to comment a little bit on that, that it doesn't have to be kind of an all or none type of deal. Oh, yes. Such a great question. Because there's this perception that you have to take an hour class, a full-fledged schedule in order to gain the benefit of a yoga practice. And that is certainly not the case. Just stepping onto your mat or giving yourself the opportunity to remove yourself from your external environment and focus on your breath by being able to maybe even do a few stretches, you'll feel the benefits even if it's just a few deep breaths or a few stretches, it's because you're clearing your mind. And the yoga practice is about letting go of that chatter. And how we do that is by focusing on the breath. So you don't even have to stay for a 60-minute class. Just by getting on your mat and moving your body, you'll feel the benefits because Movement is medicine at the end of the day. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think also it allows us to separate, like you said, from all the chatter and, you know, closing your computer, closing your phone, closing your iPad. Many people don't get that break, right? So this kind of forces you to just be in the moment and yes. pay attention. And that's really where being mindful comes in, right? So mindfulness is a big part of this and that's something that can carry on to your day. So often we are just go, 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 go thinking in the future. And I think that's something that commonly happens when we're on a fertility journey is that we're constantly thinking about the next thing and the next. And when I get to this and then this is going to happen rather than being in the moment. Exactly. You absolutely described my situation where I felt like I was on overdrive, constantly thinking, going in for the blood work, getting the test results. Our mind is constantly racing. We're, our body is on overdrive. And we feel this disconnect from our mind and body when we're on our fertility journey. You know, the pressure we put on ourselves, the pressure that we feel from our families, our partners can really stress our bodies out unlike ever before. And let me tell you, getting onto my yoga mat helped give me that time to like separate myself from that constant overdrive that I was going through to bring me back to a sense of calm and centeredness mm -hmm. and to realize that this 
whether it happens or not. And luckily I was successful mm -hmm. at conceiving. I was able to give myself back that opportunity to know that whatever happens happens for a reason and that I will be okay at the end of the day, because it's not about making someone else happy, but at the end of the day, we can only give back to ourselves and getting back on my mat helped me achieve that help bring my mind and body back together by focusing on the breath. And so just by centering myself helped get me through some of the toughest times when I felt like my mind was racing when I was undergoing my IVF. And mm -hmm. I can honestly say again that I'm so grateful that yoga practice helped me center myself again during some of the most challenging times in my life. Now, we focused a lot on mostly a person going through treatment. However, there's still potentially a role for your partner to get involved with yoga. Perhaps this is a way of staying connected and doing this together. I wanted to get your opinion on that. Wonderful question. So to get your partner involved in your yoga practice, I think that would be such a beautiful benefit to share with your partner for your fertility journey. So for example, luckily for me, my husband was into yoga. Even before I was an instructor, we both practiced yoga together at the studio. And when I went on to become a teacher, he practiced as well. And then when I was struggling to become pregnant, he would actually be there and understand when I needed to take some time to decompress and maybe be away from him and friends and family. So he gave me that time alone to be with myself. And so I think it's a wonderful opportunity for partners to practice together so that they understand each other and can connect with each other, not just on a physical level, but on an emotional and spiritual level as well, because that's what yoga helps with the partner and they can share this journey along the way. And it's such a beautiful gift of giving and receiving. Sometimes we can find ourselves disconnected from our partners and that might be because we're processing grief differently or because we're the ones that are going through all the shots and all the treatment. But I think it's really important to find things that you can both connect on to keep that relationship strong, because that is unfortunately one of the difficulties about the fertility journey is that it takes a tremendous toll on the relationship. So we have to continue trying to do things to help us to stay connected. And I think that this is something that could be a wonderful way for partners to stay connected. Absolutely. You're right, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of pressure on partners and everything they're going through, it's high anxiety, especially when they're telling you, oh, you're ovulating, oh, now's the time to have sex. And it puts so much pressure mm -hmm. on the couples, but when yeah. they can take themselves out of that consistent pressure and reconnect and realize that at the end of the day, you know, they're together 
through all of this. It helps mm -hmm. to give partners the opportunity to take a step back from all that pressure and to just form that bond that was initially there. So the yoga practice can certainly help alleviate some of that pressure. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I think sometimes sexual intimacy can be disrupted when someone's going through fertility treatments because it can feel very invasive when you're being told when you should have intercourse and what you should be doing and not to have intercourse on this day and wait for this day. And so there is still room to create intimacy outside of having intercourse, right? And so continuing that bond, and that can come in the form of doing exercise together or doing meditation together, or yoga, those type of things is just continuing the closeness. Exactly. I find that when we're on the fertility journey, it's hard to continue to enjoy the small things, right? And to continue joy in our lives. And so I want to know from you, what is something you do to cultivate joy in your life? Such an excellent question. What I like to do to cultivate joy in my life is I like to practice silence every day, whether that's just removing myself and going into a quiet place at home, or if I'm in the car, I turn off the radio. I like to practice that silence every day because it gives me a sense of clarity. And some of my other favorite things I like to do to cultivate joy is just spending time in nature, getting outside, feeling the sun on my face and the air. It gives me back that sense of presence. It reconnects me to my breath. I love spending time with my family and my friends, perhaps taking the time to read, journal, obviously practice yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I try to do on a daily basis. Because I'm constantly in service to others, I always make time for myself. It's the only way that I can give back to others and fill my cup up first before serving others gives me the opportunity to show up and be ready and willing to help others and giving 110% of myself. That's wonderful because you're right. If we don't take care of ourselves and don't fill up our cups, then we're not able to really interact with others honestly and just be able to help others in our daily life. So you first take care of yourself first. And I like also silence. Ooh, that's a hard one, isn't it? We are in a busy, busy world where it's this constant computers and iPhones and iPads and TV and radio when you're in the car. I think that's something that we could all get some benefit from is having a few minutes of just silence with your thoughts. It might be uncomfortable at first, right? Yes, absolutely. It's hard to be still, especially when mm -hmm. our mind is constantly on that hamster wheel, giving ourselves the opportunity to just pull back, shut down the electronics and take a break. But it honestly replenishes your mind and gives you the opportunity to just feel rejuvenated after you've given yourself that opportunity to just decompress. 
and listen to your body, right? And know what your body needs, because I don't think we're really listening. A lot of times we are just going through the motions and may not really hear what's going on. Absolutely. How do listeners find, you said you have a yoga for fertility sequence. Is that something that they can work with you on? If they want to work with me, they can find me on my website mm -hmm. at lisapinedayoga.com. They can also find some videos up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I also have on Insight Timer mm -hmm. some meditations and some mindfulness meditations. And I've also posted a few talks about my fertility journey. So anyone who is starting their fertility journey, whether they're trying to conceive naturally or through art, they're welcome to connect with me via those social media platforms. You have so much in terms of resources on your site and definitely Insight Timer. Check out what Lisa has there. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that your wisdom is going to help so many and inspire so many, if you're not doing yoga, to try it out. Thank you so much, Lisa. I can't thank you enough for being here. It's my pleasure to have you here, and I hope to have you again soon. That sounds wonderful. Thank you again, Shala, and I love everything you're doing. Thank you. My pleasure. The Fertility Journeys Podcast. Thank you for listening today. Episodes of Fertility Journeys drop every week. Follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at fertilityjourneys.org. Next time on the Fertility Journeys podcast. Finding community is so important when you're on the fertility journey, and particularly if you've experienced pregnancy loss. And today my guest has built a platform to help support women and couples dealing with recurrent loss. Welcome, Allison Schaff. As I was going through everything, my husband and I would sit down and talk about everything we were going through. We're both entrepreneurs by background, and we both would just say, there's got to be more out there resource-wise for women specifically going through recurrent loss. And we just kept coming back to it time and again. I was like, well, I'm going to create it. When I created it, I knew that part of that had to be sharing my story. And just because like I wanted to see stories of women going through what I was going through and to, you know, help women to see it's not your fault. I'm a dietitian and I eat healthy. <laughs> I do consider myself a healthy person and I don't think it was anything I was doing wrong. And I want other women to see that and not have that guilt and shame that sometimes comes with it. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult with your own physician as information shared on this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice.